the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes, our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to The Common Good. Full disclosure, cards on the table. Brian Fromm is not here. If you know his whereabouts, please let us know. We're very worried. Uh, I've been looking at milk cartons across town. No sign of Brian Fromm yet, but please, 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 if you'd like to let us know, you can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show, or 1160Hope.com. But, friends, I have to tell you, I can't think of the last time I was this excited about a guest. Josh Calhoun is one of my all-time favorite people on planet Earth for a number of reasons, I think most of which will become painfully clear to all of you in just a couple of minutes. Josh Welcome to the show, sir. Uh, thanks for having me, Ian. It's my pleasure. Josh, <laughs> uh, Josh is really a master of a lot of things. It's actually a little frustrating because you seem to be just good at most everything that you touch. You've dabbled in ministry stuff and art stuff and teaching stuff and photography stuff. And Ooh. you've done a lot of things, haven't you? I, I have. I, wouldn't, I would never say I'm a master at any I'll, of them. I'll say it for you. So you're kind <laughs> uh, and, and a liar. But... Um, I, I love pursuing different things. And I, I think why we become dabblers in areas of, uh, other things and so many things is because we get bored. Oh, is that, is that true for you? <laughs> You're like, oh, I need something new. Yeah. And so, or somebody tells me like, Hey, that you were okay <laughs> at this. Let's try you here. Um, thankfully I, like I got a story there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well I grew up in a small church. Yeah. And my dad was the pastor, and so when you grow up in a small church and your dad's the pastor, you grow up doing everything. Oh, right. And there were plenty of times where as a 12-year-old or a 16-year-old, it would be like, okay, that was all right. Uh, let's try <laughs> you not doing we that. We need help in the nursery. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so I did that too. And Did you really? Yeah. Okay, so the reason, there's an, a billion different reasons I wanted you to come on the show, and I'm so grateful that you're here. And you're, you know, you're living in Wisconsin, so thanks for making the trip as well. Pleasure. Uh, but of those things that I think you're exceptionally good at, you are a worship pastor, you're a husband, you're a father, but you're also just a phenomenal musician and songwriter, and you have an album coming out July 5th, yeah. right? You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. Uh, he's on Twitter and Facebook and all those places. I, I can't encourage you enough to actually uh, go there right now. Hit pause if you listen to the podcast. But Josh is actually going to sing some songs for us live uh-huh. uh, just to kind of give us a taste of this EP. <laughs> but I'm I'm curious, before we do that, just, just real briefly, yeah. what's some of your history that got you into music in the first place? Yeah, so like I said, my dad was a pastor, grew up small church southern wisconsin and my mom is a very 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 gifted musician so she grew my brother and my sister and i up playing instruments um and from there uh you're always put on stage at church to play various instruments um i of the three of us siblings was the least um i wouldn't say gifted i would say i didn't 
practice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's one way to put it. Um, my sister was very, very talented at the piano, but she also pursued it greatly. And my mm. brother was very good at the guitar mm. and pursued it head on. I, all I wanted to do was play rock and roll. Right. And I wanted to be a drummer and hit things. Uh, <laughs> yep, I can relate to that. And we grew up in the era, and you might remember this, of where drums weren't really allowed in church. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I had a slow start of playing congas in the back, and then <laughs> my mom would give me a microphone and say, hey, I want you to sing this special this week. Right. So I just grew up having to do it. Yeah. And then from there, I grew up really loving it. Yeah. And I grew realizing the effect that the international language of music has on hearts and minds and souls and the effect that we carry yep. as artists and musicians alike to do that. That's awesome. So, well, you're going to stick with us for the whole hour. So I got yeah. a whole lot more questions about your past and your history, but why, why don't you share with us right now? Uh, one of those songs from this EP, it comes out July 5th. You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. And uh, what's, what's this song that you're going to share with us? Uh, right this now? song is one I wrote for uh my little girl, Maisie, I have three kids now, but she was the only one alive at the time. And I was touring really heavily with Citizen Way and just missing a lot of the first. Mm. And God was reminding me to rest mm. and remember what really matters, that it's not about me being on the road trying to make something of myself, but it's about the people I left at home um, doing life at that time without me. Yeah, um, right. And so I wrote this song to sit and chill and remember... Hey, I got a girl at home and a wife at home. I need to probably be home. That's good, so, man. I wrote this. Yeah, stop and smell the roses. Well, that's what I've always heard. But rarely do I ever take time to sit and be still I imagine the man I'd be if I just stopped to listen To your voice and the breeze and the whisper And I don't want to spend one more night Waiting for tomorrow or the rest of my life I just want to be right with you And I want to end up be like a child Delighting in your wonder every day of my life Here with you Here with you I'm gonna take time on the details Simple and mundane Cause if I could repeat Every single day I would take two To let each moment last aside And not just rush on through But open my eyes To the beauty that lies In everything made by you And I don't want to spend One more night Waiting for tomorrow Or the rest of my life I just want to be right here with you And I want who I am to be like a child Delighting in you under every day of my life
for tomorrow or the rest of my life I just wanna be right here with you I know who I am to be like a child Delighting in your wonder every day of my life Here with you Yeah, with you Come on, come on, ladies and gentlemen. If you are just joining us, those sultry tunes come from my buddy Josh Calhoun. You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. The album comes out July 5th. Would you stick around for a few more segments? Oh, heck yeah. I would love to hear more from this album. Hope that you'll stick around as well. That's coming up next on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Don't miss this year's Lyle Eyes to the Skies Hot Air Balloon Festival. It runs from July 4th through July 6th at Community Park in Lyle. This annual summer event includes hot air balloons, two stages of music, a large interactive children's area, more than 30 different food vendors, a carnival, a craft fair, and fireworks every single night. It's a great family experience, and AM 1160 wants to send you and your family. We're actually giving away a family of four-pack of tickets, but you register to win this four-pack of tickets at 1160hope.com slash balloon. That's 1160hope.com slash balloon. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, No Diggity. Glad that you're here. My name is Ian Simpkins. Brian Fromm is in California somewhere, but you can find us, both of us, if you'd like, on Facebook at the Common Good Radio Show or 1160hope.com. Uh, but man, oh man, do we have a treat for you today. The first in studio, in, wow, easy for me to say, in studio <laughs> musical guest we've ever had on the show. Wow. My good friend, my great friend, my brother, Josh Calhoun. You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. His album drops July 5th. And uh, he's sharing some of those songs with us. And the song that you just shared, uh, you mentioned you were on the road, you're touring. Yep. You were in the band Citizen Way. Yep. Uh, with your brother and some other friends from college, right? Yeah. And uh, and you were talking just about the grind of being away from your family, right? Yeah. Still, I imagine liking you know being in a touring band, seeing yeah. seeing the country. What was what was it like feeling kind of this pull in two different directions and like doing yeah. what you love, but also feeling like I also miss my family. Yeah, well, what's what's ironic about touring is the part that you go into it for is the music, right? Right. And ironically, that's the smallest percentage of your day. Oh, really? Is, is the actual music. The rest is like traveling, it's eating. Getting sleep. to and from, <laughs> right. eating, setting up your merch table, meeting with people, radio interviews and such. And uh, <laughs> and so I remember we had, there are some times where we have, have a lot of downtime in the day. It's a right. whole lot of hurry up and wait when you're on tour. And I'd be, in a, I'd be in a grocery store or something, just grabbing some necessities. And I'd hear a kid the next aisle over crying. Uh. And I'd get this pit in my stomach. So Maisie was about a year, a year and a half old at the time. And I remember just feeling a, a need to be home. Hmm. Um, and not that I didn't like what I was doing. There were times where it's just hard. Because, yep. I mean, traveling's not right. always It's still easy. a job, it's, it's right? It's a job. Yeah. But still doing what I love to do and pursuing it hard. And we were successful and doing mm -hmm. well. But I remember being like, I think I have a greater responsibility right now. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm also not the front man of the band. So I knew if I were to bail, mm. they could be just fine without me. Right, um, right. 
So whereas if the lead singer bails, it's like, oh, how do you get a Van Halen situation, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, so that was years, you know, in the process of figuring out what to do, what not to do. And with this song, Roses, that I just sang, it's, uh, it was kind of a revelatory experience of I'm still on the road, but I was at home when I wrote it. My daughter was literally sitting on my lap as I was picking it out on the piano. Oh, no kidding. And I was writing this song for her, mm. but as well as for my heart, because I, I don't know, maybe I heard a pastor say that we, he feels like 80% of the public struggles with anxiety. Mm. And if, if you look at, uh, you know, Matthew six, it's a whole chapter in the Bible where Jesus is talking to people about like rest, right? Don't have an anxious heart. Yeah. Be still. And Hey, like what you worship matters. Yeah. And so honestly, the more I sing roses, the less it is about being a dad and the more it is about actually resting and enjoying my father. Wow. That's good. And so, uh, Yeah. And not missing those moments, right? Yeah. Like those those easily overlooked moments. Yeah. Which is a lot of the dream behind the name, the common good. Yeah. Is not just like, you know, common as in what's shared, but also common in what's yeah. ordinary, easily overlooked. Like how do we like lean into those moments, yeah. which is hard when, right? When you're just going a million miles a minute, which yeah. I will say, just for the record, I think you're very good at this. Oh, thanks. I've actually taken a lot of cues from you. And I don't even know if you remember this story, but I remember when I was a, a pastor in Bartlett, you know, I had a, a pretty militant day off where I turned all my technology off and I yeah. didn't answer any phones or anything. And and you said, you know, I really admire that you take this one day off a week, but I see the way you live the other six days out of the week. And it looks like you're killing yourself. Uh-huh. Is that what Sabbath is really about? I'll never forget that conversation, mm-hmm. man. That was like so convicting because I was like yeah. patting myself on the back for resting, you know, yeah. taking a real Sabbath. And you're like, that's good. But I think you maybe you're missing the point. <laughs> that's not what wow. Sabbath is really about. I might have been a smarter man 10 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> I think we probably all were, man, just a little bit. You ever go back and look at stuff you read, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. Profound. Man, oh, man. Dude, I need to read more. All right, so tell us a little bit about this uh, this song that you're going to play yeah, now. Yeah, so it's a song called What Love Is This? And it's straight up thanking Jesus for the love that he has for us. It's one thing that I say to my community almost every day. I, I serve at a church in Beloit, Wisconsin, just on the border. And I tell them, hey, we get to worship our creator who so faithfully, diligently, and easily lavishes his love upon us. That's good. And so this idea of what love is this that brought us to life. Um, and not only that, but it like breaks through the grit and the grime of Josh Calhoun's soul mm. and gets to the real matter. Yeah. They're kind of like what we were talking about of, Hey, we need rest yep. because it helps us kind of have a better perspective on things. When you sit back and you actually stop and smell the roses, you're like, Oh my gosh. Right. Why didn't I notice this before? So this is me just looking at the life of Jesus and saying, man, what love is this? Hmm. And this idea that not only is his love lavished upon us, but he calls us to love lavishly uh, upon him and others. That's awesome. So I wrote this song with two buddies in Nashville. I love it. Back in 2014. And I'm finally able to share it with the world now. (laughs) Can't wait to hear it, man. That I might gain his reward 
from the chains that I was in before. What love is this that brought me to life and broke through the dark and opened my eyes? What love is this that He would die for me? Alive and in control. What love is this that brought me light and broke through the dark and opened my eyes? What love is this that He would die for me? Hallelujah! Christ has come. Says one, Hallelujah. Christ has come. Oh, Hallelujah. No, what love is this that brought me life, broke through the dark and opened my eyes? What love is this that He would die? What love is this that brought me life? Broke through the dark and opened my eyes. What love is this that He would die? Come on, man! Oh, man! Josh Calhoun. Thank you so much. This this has been too such a treat. And we got two more segments left. You're not leaving us yet, man. Look at that. Even the sound booth is in the, is having a good time. <laughs> if you're just joining us, that has been my good buddy, Josh Calhoun. You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. The album drops July 5th. Go there right now. Stop whatever you're doing. Put the child down. Stop washing the dishes. Go to the website, joshcalhoun.com, and pre-order right now. Coming up next, we're going to hear some more songs, hear some more stories, kind of get a little bit in Josh's head, if we may. And uh, that's what's coming up next on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins. Brian Fromm is M-I-A. If you find him, please bring him to us. You can deliver him to Keith Conrad's house. He'll be happy to take care of him. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com. And if you're just joining us, we have a very special, in person, in the flesh, dare I say, incarnate musical <laughs> guest host. I mean, technically, you are incarnate. Yeah, that's true. that still feels a little you know incarnating. <laughs> I may be taking some theological liberties there. That other voice you're hearing, though, is my friend Josh Calhoun. He's got an album that comes out on July 5th, and uh, you can learn more at joshcalhoun.com. You're also pretty active on Twitter and Facebook, right? Yeah, more so Facebook and Instagram than Twitter. And what are the handles there? How can people find Uh, you? Calhoun Josh. Calhoun Josh. Yeah, correct. And is there a spelling to your name that might confuse people? Anything that we need to make sure they know? Well, the phonetics would want you to see two O's next to each other, but it's an O-U. Oh, and one L as well. 
Correct. Is anyone Cal- hearing this Calhoun. Like while they're driving helping? C-A-L-H-O-U-N. <laughs> Just type in Josh Calhoun into Google. My guess is you'll probably populate yeah. toward the top, yeah. right? He's the really good looking guy that looks a little bit like Aladdin and you'll uh you'll 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 know it's you'll know it's Josh when you see him. But uh I'm excited that you're here, not just because I think you're an incredible songwriter and musician, but uh you also serve at a local church. And um I do. And that's sort of a new ish role for you there, right? You yeah. had you had a bit of a progression there, and now you're what's the role? The worship pastor, worship uh, director, creative arts director. Creative arts director. T- tell us a little bit about so it that kind role. Of all encompasses the weekend. Oh, it does and okay. Everything creative that goes on. So I oversee our producer, our okay. tech director, okay, as well as all our our serve, uh, servants on the weekend, uh, the volunteers uh, who sing with us, who run cameras, lights. All that kind of stuff. Awesome. And it's a blast. Yeah, what do you, I'm curious what you've learned in this role. Like you are yeah. still doing music, but in a very different uh, yeah. environment than being on tour. Yeah. Well, I fell in love with uh, guitar and singing because I, I kind of fell into it in college. Right. Um, I was just a drummer back then. I didn't really play any other instruments. I dabbled on guitar, literally knowing four chords. Like the four that you need to play any Chris Tomlin's. Right, like the cowboy chords, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was perfect. It was just doing me right and, yep. you know, writing my own silly, stupid songs. <laughs> and I was playing drums for a student-led worship thing every Tuesday night. The worship leader didn't show up. Is and that the, what happened? Yeah, and the other, the other person singing with him came up to me. Do you know how to play guitar? <laughs> and you're like, barely. Yeah, exactly. I said, I know four chords. She said, great. Um, and I never sang in front of people before that, except when my mom put me on stage. No kidding. So, uh, yeah, I got thrown into that role that night. We picked out every song that had four chords that I knew <laughs> and could maybe use a capo. Even then, I didn't yeah. understand like how, how that works. Work. right? And I just started singing and I started leading worship and I fell in love with it. Wow. Um, mainly because... No matter how I was feeling inside, hmm. no matter the controversies going around in or out of my own head, um, it was the most beautiful thing to be able to get up and remind myself and others and doing hmm. it as a collective hmm. of what's the most important thing right. in this life. Yep. And so that being Jesus Christ, that being following him, this journey yep. that is so long and sometimes difficult most of the time difficult, yeah, sometimes arduous. Right, right, um, right. And so that reminded me why I do what we do. And so actually I'm kind of going back to that first love. Oh, yeah. Music as the creative arts director, because with that role, I'm not behind a booth on the weekends. I'm on stage right. with a guitar in front of a microphone, um, leading other people in leading our congregation, yep. or I get to be the one leading our congregation. Yeah. Yep. And I love it. Well, can I just say this too? Because I, I played drums for a number of years when you were leading at this yeah. upper room gathering at Judson. Yeah. And I, it makes my heart so glad to see you doing this now because even, what was it, 13 years ago oh now? Like, I remember even then thinking, man, Josh was made to do this. In well, fact, even you. when I was at Poplar Creek, I think you led I did. for a season there too. And that was, that was like such a dream for me. So I, I it, it makes my heart really happy to see you in a capacity that I just think you're so well suited for and so thank wired for. And I'm sure that your church community agrees. Uh, I Thank you. That means a lot. It's a, it's not always the easiest job, as you know, being right. a pastor, getting up every week and sharing, because you could might be going through yeah. a really hard time right. and you have to still get up there. And it's the same adage that we had on tour. The show must go on. Yes. Right. And you don't always want it to, but what's great about getting up in front of other believers is you can be candid. You can be yeah. honest and you can be like, 
today's not a great day. Hmm. But you know who's always good? You know hmm. who's always faithful? Our Father in heaven. So let's remind our minds and our hearts of that That's this good, morning man. or this evening. And let's dive in together. Yeah. You know, and, and what's it. what's great it. is you open up the opportunity. Everybody else can be like, oh my gosh, I do feel the same way. Yes. <laughs> I'm totally. not alone. Oh, that's the big kept secret that yeah. like when we feel that way, we feel like we're alone. And then yes. when we gather together, we're like, oh, I'm not even close. Yeah. But I want you to tell us uh, briefly about this, uh, this next song. Well, that's a perfect this. segue into this song because it's uh, <laughs> this idea that no matter what happens, it's in this long, arduous, mostly difficult journey of life. We do have Jesus leading us. Hmm. If we're walking in wisdom, if we're walking in obedience, we have Jesus guiding every step of the way. And so the bridge, some people might theologically disagree with this bridge, <laughs> but I believe that if we are obediently, diligently following Christ, yeah. all our fears, all our worries, all the years of doubt are actually behind us. Wow. We, we can face forward and fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. And in doing so, we're, we're able to leave the past behind. Yeah. So this song's called Jesus Leading Me. Sometimes I feel abandoned. Yeah, when nothing good is happening. Takes all of my believing to know that he's near. When I'm stuck in a season and got a million reasons. Though there's fears that I'm feeling, I know he's still here. Cause I've got Jesus leading me. He's going where my eyes can't see. With every step, he is my peace. I've got Jesus leading me. I won't worry about tomorrow. Or all the things I don't know. No, I'm just gonna follow. Follow, cause I've got Jesus leading me He's going where my eyes can't see With every step He is my peace Yeah, I've got Jesus leading me And all this journey feels so long Still my Savior guides me on He's the lamp unto my feet Yeah, I've got Jesus leading me My fears and all my worries, all those years of doubt are behind me. No, my fears and all my worries, all those years of doubt are behind me. No, my fears and all my worries. I've got Jesus leading me He's going where my eyes can't see With every step He is my peace Yeah, I've got Jesus leading me And though this journey feels so long Still my Savior guides me on He's a lamp unto my feet Yeah, I've got Jesus leading me He's a lamp unto my feet I've got Jesus leading me.
It is so clear to me that you were doing what you were made to do. I love, I love being able to see the journey of your growth in your songwriting and your poetry, man. It makes me so happy to Thank see you, you doing what you're doing. That's been Josh Calhoun. You can learn more at joshcalhoun.com, but we're not done with him yet. He's got one more song, and I'm going to ask him a, a zinger of a question, if I may. Good. Really put you on the spot, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> How does that sound? That's what's, that's what's coming up next on The Common Good <laughs> on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins. Brian Fromm is out gallivanting somewhere. I'm assuming Iceland or something exotic, but no, he's in California. But you can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show or 1160hope.com. But I am so thrilled. Thank you so much, Josh, by the way, for taking all this time to come down from Wisconsin to grace us here in Elk Grove Village talking about your new record. You can go to joshcalhoun.com. The album comes out July 5th. But you're also a worship pastor. Just give the information for the church. I imagine yeah. people are listening again. I want to go to this guy's church. Uh, yeah, I get to lead worship um, most weekends at a church in Beloit, Wisconsin called Central Christian Church. Awesome. The website centralwired.com. So, so you wrote this record, and I know just because we're friends in real life, that, yeah. that it actually was kind of a long process and yeah. something that it sound, it feels like you... You avoided doing like you had these songs, but you're like, I don't know that I want to go there. I don't know if I have the bandwidth or the interest or the, you know, what was the process like in general, having been this touring (laughs) musician, but now you got this church work and now you're like venturing into this new, this new kind of territory sort of, right? What was that like? Well, anything creative I've ever shown people has always been as a collaboration. And so all of a sudden I'm not in a band anymore. Right. I'm a youth pastor in southern Wisconsin, and right. so it's like music isn't my ven- like adventure anymore. Hmm. It's not my endeavor uh, at all. And uh, I had all these songs I've been accruing, hmm. writing over the past five years, um, some of which I loved, and I was like, I-, I just want an avenue to share these, but I don't really have one. And then uh, one of my students' dads came up to me after church one day and was just asking me how the band was doing. How's my brother? How's songwriting going? Mm. And I just was candid. I said, well, yeah, I write songs all the time. I was like, but honestly, it's, it's kind of hard to write or at least share the songs without somebody like my brother. He mm. was always that, you know, that forge of like, Hey, mm. yeah, let's share them with the world. Right. Right. Um, he's got a lot more genuine confidence than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, he just graciously puts his arm on my shoulder because I was just telling him, I was like, honestly, I'm afraid. Mm. I'm afraid to share these songs because some of them are pretty vulnerable. Mm. And he just puts his arm on my shoulder and he just said, I think you need to get over that. <laughs> so, That's such a big brother thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> so literally the next day I made a website and I said, uh, I put out pre-orders and I said, album coming out this summer. Just like that? It was the next day? Yeah. yeah. Holy And cow. then I had to go up and finish recording the album. <laughs> In Minneapolis. So you put the word out online first, and yep. like, well, I guess I gotta actually record now an I have album to do now. It. That's and, brilliant. And lo and behold, okay. So on the website, there's an opportunity to buy the album, but you yep. also have something where you can like book a yep. like a stories and songs yep. house concert. Would you talk to yep. me just a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah. So I'm doing house shows um, as a way to kind of help fund the record, okay. but also um, as just because I love. My favorite thing to do in the world is, uh, ironically, to play songs in front of other people, even though I was just saying I was terrified to share these songs. Right. Once they get out there and there's no pulling them back in, I'm like, all right, now now they're out there. Right. Um, the word's out. It's kind of like telling the truth. Once the truth's out, you're like, that wasn't so bad. Right. Um, so now I have the opportunity to share stories about these songs because mm. um, every song has a story behind it. Yep. Um, 
And so I started booking these house concerts and they started filling up my schedule and it's been awesome. No kidding. Um, but yeah, I just have them on my website just for uh, a low cost that provides me some opportunity to make some money for my family. Sure. But at the same point, it's not you know so expensive that somebody can't afford it. And so people could go on the website now and, yeah. and look for open dates and book a concert? Or they just basically they book or they click on the link and it sends me a message, and then we just dialogue from there. No when kidding. Works, you know? Okay, so you also have a big festival show coming up, though, yeah. right? Tell me about that. Yeah, I'm playing a big f- festival in Janesville, Wisconsin, called Freedom Fest. Um, I'm the 4 p.m. slot. Hey-o. Uh, with Jeff Deo and... Uh, Son- uh, I almost said Sonic Flood. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Deo now, of Sonic they're, Flood. They're in the secret right now. They're, <laughs> they're in the quiet place. And the Sidewalk Prophets. <laughs> oh, so, no kidding. Yeah. Dude, that's all. What do you know? What the date is for that for Freedom Fest? Yes, the Saturday, last Saturday of June, so okay. the 29th. That's awesome, man. All right, so tell me a little bit about this last song yes. that you're going to share with us. Yeah, so this was a song that I had started by myself, and um, I didn't know where to take it. And mm. all I had was, I'm maybe I am a four on the enneagram. I don't know, <laughs> but I was just diving deep into. That's what a four would say, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was diving deep into. Just the feelings I was feeling yeah. uh, on one particular day, which is kind of every time I write a song. Now, not all my songs are like, oh, I'm, I'm horrible. <laughs> um, a lot of my songs are like, I love being your dad. You know, like right, that kind right. of thing. This so is fun. It's great. Um, but I just had this little line on a piano and I just started singing the melody. And the line was, where would I be lately without you to save me? All those years of running, you've never left my side. Mm. And I was playing it. And my brother and I were heading to a co-write that afternoon, and I was just playing the little ditty on the piano. I sang that line, and my brother's like, oh, what is that? I said, oh, just something I'm working on. He said, that's good. Let's finish that today. So we finished it that day, um, (laughs) and it was left unfinished, i.e., like, we had everything but a chorus. We had everything but the main part of a song. Right. I was going to say, that's like, (laughs) there's a body but no spine. And, And it was just sitting in the hopper, and... Wow. I just went back to it and I added this chorus for it. it was something mm. I had that I loved mm. that I would sing for my kids um, that I just threw in this and put the whole song together. And it's a song called This Is What I Know. I love it. Yeah, where would I be lately without you to save me? All those years of running, you have never left my side. I was so ashamed, I hated who I was. But you said that you loved me as you held me in your arms. Oh, oh, you washed me white as snow. Oh, oh, and this is what I know. Jesus loves me, this I know For every day he's telling me so With mercies new Every morning I know I don't deserve what he's always giving I know I don't deserve what he's always giving My dad was greater still was your love that ran to me, memory. 
needs to welcome me back home. Oh, oh, now I'm white as snow. Oh, oh, and this is what I know. Jesus loves me. This I know. For every day He's telling me so with mercies. Always giving, I know I don't deserve what He's always giving. Oh, blessed assurance, Jesus loves me. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yeah, blessed assurance, Jesus saved me. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus loves me and hallelujah and hallelujah all blessed assurance Jesus save me hallelujah and hallelujah cause Jesus loves me this I know for every day Always giving, I know I don't deserve. Still, he's always giving. Man, I love you, brother. Thank you. The world's a better place with you in it. <laughs> it really is. I'm so glad you're here. That's been Josh Calhoun. Please, please, please visit joshcalhoun.com. The album drops July 5th. You can buy it, order it right now. Josh, thank you for being here, man. Thanks for having me. This has been The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's time for a conversation about the things we share in common. Our common hopes our common fears, our common struggles. Together, we'll wrestle with the questions that we all have about the issues that affect our lives. This is The Common Good. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Fromm and Ian Simpkins. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Common Good. I do need to let you know, though, that announcement is a little dishonest. Brian Fromm is gallivanting in California, but you have me. My condolences. Ian Simpkins is here. For The Common Good, you can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show or 1160hope.com. But I am really excited to have in the studio, in the flesh, our very first guest of the show ever, actually. That's right. The yes. one and only Julie Royce. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here in person. I've been in person with your, you know, partner With in that crime. other guy. Yeah, right. that other guy. But this is the first time I've been in person with you, so this is fun. Well, and do you know why I wasn't here? Uh, oh, you had a baby. We just had a baby, right? That's right. So congratulations. How old's your baby now? So How long has it been? Five months. My goodness. Right? That doesn't seem like that long ago. Well, I remember being so bummed, actually, because I was I was out for a week, and then Brian had had all these awesome like guest hosts, and I was like, what the heck? All these people came by <laughs> the first week I leave, and uh, so I, I actually personally am really excited to have you in the studio, because I've never you. had a chance to meet you, and we were just talking about how great that 
the interview was for us because we didn't know what we were doing and we were just honored for the time and grateful for your work. And uh, well, part, you guys did awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. One, one of the reasons that uh, we have you in right now is because mm-hmm. you actually have a brand new show I that do. starts tomorrow mm-hmm. right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. It's happening at what, 11, right? 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. That's that's my old time slot. I used to have a radio show on another network. Right. And, uh, <laughs> One that shan't be named. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I, I used to be on at 11 a.m. It's a great time slot to have on Saturday mornings. A lot of people driving in their cars, taking their kids here and there or, yes. you know, whatever, or enjoying some downtime. But I, I was really, really pumped that I could get that time slot and new show and I actually own this show, which is kind of fun, which means I can't be censored. I, I like that. <laughs> Wait, what does it mean? To, okay, so it's called the, the Royce Report, right? right? So mm-hmm. your, your old show used to be called Up for Debate. Correct. The new one has your name in it. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to own the show and, and how does that going to kind of inform the topics and content or is it yet to be seen? Right. Well, normally... Uh, well, not normally. I mean, a lot of the preaching programs, people don't realize this when they're listening to a show and it doesn't right. really mean anything to them, you know, because basically you're listening, you enjoy the show and th- right. that's just how it is. But I can say from having a show that was owned by a network, every now and then you want to do a topic and they say, uh-uh, no, 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 right. no. It's usually <laughs> right. in my case happens to be because I want to talk about something that may be a little bit edgy, <laughs> might be a little controversial. And they're like, no, that's, that's pushing a little bit too far. But I, I want to take on those issues that everybody's talking about and that, you know, might push the envelope a little bit for what we talk about on Christian radio. But let's be honest, that's what people are talking that's about. Right. So that's what we'll do on the Roy's report. We'll take on, um, just like I did with Up for Debate, I would take on sort of controversial issues right. that, you know, in the church there might be some debate about. Often I'll get on guests that are on different sides of the issue or have different perspectives. I love that. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes we'll just dive into something something deep. Although, um, take tomorrow, we're going to be talking about crusading bloggers, something Ooh. near and dear to my heart. Yes. <laughs> um, although I'm a journalist who blogs. I don't consider myself a blogger, but a, a lot of people are bloggers, and right, right. and a, there's a lot of question about this. You know, is this like the wild, wild west of, of journalism? <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of a free for all out there. Right. And and I get that. And a lot of people saying this is this is just spreading slander and it's lowering the standards of journalism. And yet on the other side, you know, we're bypassing the gatekeepers, and right. often the gatekeepers keep a lot of good content out or don't want to take on the people that need to be taken on. And so I'm really looking forward to, to having a program where um, we can just talk about these things. There'll be uh, just an openness to do that. And I'll be able to have guests on. It, it's just one thing I wasn't allowed to do on my last show right. was have on non-Christian guests. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I know we're already talking about a show down the line. And there's a guy who wrote, who wrote about postmodernism and how you can't have discussions with postmoderns. He doesn't think so hmm. uh, because he says, you know, they're all about power. They're not really about reasoning and all these things. But he happens to be a non-Christian, but I want to engage that point of view. Yeah. And so I I want to have that opportunity to not always preach to the choir, mm-hmm. but actually invite people on that might have different perspectives. But I know those of you listening, you're saying, hey, that's that's my son or daughter. Yes, Or, exactly. or that's my neighbor. So it, it'll give you an opportunity to say to your friends, hey, listen in. Um, I think you'll find that that perspective will be represented and they'll talk about it. Yeah, so. I think that's and that a lot of it. A lot of what you just said has been our heartbeat for this show, actually, is, mm-hmm. you know, there's topics. Sometimes there's a lot of murky, a lot of gray. Sometimes stuff doesn't tie up with a nice, tidy bow. Sometimes stuff isn't black and white. Sometimes Brian and I will disagree passionately about a topic or an issue. 
the other thing that we found is that um, a lot of times people ra- radio is like a, a first step before ever going to a church or being part of a church community because there's mm-hmm. safety right. in just listening to a topic. So for you to go after some of these topics, I think actually has tremendous potential to be a breath of fresh air. To, like you were saying, people are like, oh, I've been wondering this for a long time. I've, I've never heard a Christ follower actually go after it. You're creating space for dialogue, which I think is is huge. Do you, do you have a sense of like other topics that are kind of in the queue that you're looking to tackle in the next coming weeks or months? Sure. Yeah, we're going to be talking about our second week. Uh, we're going to talk about these radical abortion laws, like mm. the one that was just passed in Illinois. Right. Why is it that we are as a society passing these radical abortion laws when at the same time we have so much more medical evidence showing us mm-hmm. that the fetus is clearly human right. and it even you know has a heartbeat so early on it has finger fingernails and and yeah it can feel pain and i mean all of these things we know this is a human inside of it but there's something called personhood theory mm. that divides humanity from personhood mm. so so you can be completely fully human body but if you don't have say consciousness you're not human or you don't have whatever it is that they they add in which then gets really scary yeah. because then we're talking about well what about if you're you know you're 80 years old and you l- lose your mental faculties then right. all of a sudden can can you be killed just mm-hmm. like the baby in the womb can be killed so uh, we're going to talk about that issue go a little deep with it i'm going to have i'm so excited i'm going to have nancy piercy on yes is one of my favorites if, if you don't know who she is google her and and get her books she's <laughs> Start brilliant. Reading. She's brilliant absolutely brilliant i often said she's who I want to be when I grow up. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love Nancy Piercy. She's such a good thinker. So I'm, I'm going to uh, have her on the show, but I'm also going to have Father Frank Pavone, sort of a, a hero um, in the pro-life movement, one of the most articulate, compassionate people hmm. that I know of in the pro-life movement. I'm also working. My, my husband's actually going to be producing for me, at least initially. No kidding. Yeah, he is. Um, he's a retired school teacher who also teaches part time, but he's got that. some time and we're like, OK, let's um, do it. Let's do it together. I hope we're still married at the end of this year. <laughs> but, we'll pray for that. Yeah, please pray for that. Absolutely. <laughs> but he's working right now to get uh, a pro-choice Christian on. Mm. I, you know, I, I want to know how, how is it that you can be pro-choice and be a believer in Jesus Christ and you can embrace the Bible. So um, I was reading some of the stuff last night and I was like, wow, they actually interpret that verse that way. We know right. that's not how it's interpreted. But again, mm. this is an opportunity for me to engage graciously, respectfully, somebody who thinks differently than me. And I'm so excited about doing that and so excited about getting back on radio. So, okay, here's a question that you may not have an answer for. Why do you think that kind of dialogue is so rare? Like everything you're saying, I'm like jumping out of my seat. Like, yes, get people from different opinions and viewpoints and frameworks Let's have a conversation. It seems like and we bring this up on this show a lot, like our, our echo chambers and our confirmation biases just seem to be getting louder and louder. Mm-hmm. Why is it so rare for us to actually come together, like really, truly listen to each other to better understand what's going on? Oh, I think there's lots of reasons for that. I think part of it is that we're just scared, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, many people grew up in homes where if if you disagreed, it became very nasty. And, right. and so there's a certain amount of just. Um, discomfort with that. Mm. But I do think when we have those discussions on radio, people love it because they're like, oh my gosh, I can, I can actually, <laughs> right. I, you know, listen to this, but I don't have to be part of it. You know, there's like, like you're this, eavesdropping yeah, in that conversation. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so you'll fly on the wall. Um, but I think too, I, I, you know, with Christian radio, often there's sponsors and you don't want to offend a sponsor sure. or um, there's a constituency that you don't want to offend. And I, I'm not into offending people, but I also, you know, there's something I was talking to somebody yesterday and, 
And he was saying, Julie, I think a lot of the reason why people are following you right now is because you're saying the things nobody else is willing to say. Mm. And so this past year, I've, I've done a lot of investigative reporting, actually past 18 months or so, and I've taken on some sacred cows. Yes, I mean, right. Harvest Bible Chapel, right. James McDonald, who was larger than life. And, you know, I was a little scared to take him on because I thought he would crush me. Um, and <laughs> any of you who know the story know that I got sued. I got a lawsuit against me yes. and I thought I would get crushed. But right. um, God protected me through yep. that. And truth came out. And to me, truth wins. Yes. And so I'm not afraid of taking anything on hmm. as long as we're, we're putting it through the lens of Scripture, as long as we're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to us. And I'm confident in God doing that. And it's been my experience that he does that. And so um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to go those scary places and uh, enjoy it and learn something. Man, good. For you. I'm looking forward to learning alongside you. We're excited to have you as a part of the family. This airs tomorrow. You start tomorrow, Saturday, 11 a.m. Roy's report real briefly. Where, where can people find you? Twitter, website. What's the best place for people to go? Uh, best way, place is just to go to my website, Julie Roy, spelled R-O-Y-S dot com, and then you can connect to social media from there. That's outstanding. You can also find her on Twitter. You're a great follow on Twitter as well. And that's at Reach Julie Royce, R-O-Y-S. And uh, highly, highly encourage you to do that. Julie, welcome Thank to the AM1160 family. I'm really looking forward to this show. That's That starts tomorrow, Saturday, 11 a.m., Roy's Report. Do not miss it, friends. Thank so you. So excited for you. Praying for you guys. Thank you. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins and Brian Fromm, we don't, we don't know where he is. If you've seen him, let us know. We're starting to get really worried. But I have a very special in-studio guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, because here's some information. You can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show or 1160hope.com. Plus the show is podcasted wherever you get your podcasts. But, friends, maybe the best beard I've ever seen in person, my good buddy, Pastor, the Right Reverend, Ted Canaris. Welcome to the show, sir. Wow. Thank you so much, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for the beard compliment. I know that you're lying, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it truly is. It's, it's really great to be here. So you really are, um, I think, one of my favorite people on our staff, and I got to sort of pseudo-interview you before you started, and I remember even when we had a conversation thinking, oh, this might be trouble if he and I become friends <laughs> just simply because our sarcasm was so next level and we just kept one upping yeah. each other for the whole meal yeah no it was not good I think the waitress was really worried about us <laughs> yeah. as well we've been banned from that in fact they closed yeah, it down they that's closed. how, that's how bad closed. it was yeah forever okay so you might be wondering who is Ted and uh, Ted is a lot of things Ted is yes. a father a husband a hunter yep. a sportsman if yep. I may but he's also the community pastor of our Downers Grove location. If you're not aware, Community Christian Church has 10 locations throughout Chicagoland, and Downers Grove is our newest location. But that's sort of like your business. I'd love, if you were just asked, like at a party, Ted, tell me about you. Like, how would you introduce yourself to someone that doesn't have any idea who you are? Well, let's start with my name. My Smart. name is Ted. Right. And I would tell them about my family. I mean, my mm-hmm. wife, Melissa, I have three little boys. Uh, Four, almost four-year-old, just in a week here, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and probably just talk about them a little bit. So, Which you guys, like, y- your family social media game is so... <laughs> every time I see, like, a Canaris family photo, I'm like, man, they're doing it right. It helps to have a very good-looking wife and children <laughs> that take after her. You it's a huge really, bonus. <laughs> you look like you should be on a billboard or a greeting card <laughs> or something. Every time, like, gosh darn it. As long as I'm blurred in the background... <laughs> 
I usually get a lot of likes. I've been noticing they've been scrambling your face like it's an episode of Cops or yes. something. Like also Ted's back there. Yeah, that's somewhere. true. <laughs> you know, this new phone uh, really takes some great shots. Yeah. It's great. All right. So one of the things that people, uh, if they've been listening for any length of time, they know that uh, Brian is a church planner. Yep. Um, I've never been a church planner, and so now you've planted in a pretty unique kind of infrastructure. You're planting, but as a part of a multi-site church. Yep. And I don't know that I've ever even really asked you this question that way, but what what has that been like planting a church as a part of a bigger team? And like, what have you learned along the way as a result of all that? Yeah. I mean, I would say that it's been like a lot of things. Really? You know, it's been a very diverse and dynamic experience. Yeah. It's not always one thing, uh, but there's a lot of really amazing strengths about planting the way that we did. Uh, first of all, the support, the encouragement, uh, the resources, mm. also just the partnership, friendship, relationship. You know, a lot of church planners, and including Brian, have talked about just a feeling of being isolated when you start something new like oh, this. Interesting. I don't think that's unique just to the church world. I think you know, entrepreneurs starting right. something new, a new business, you probably feel a very similar way because for the first time you're carrying a load that you yeah. just haven't carried before. Responsibility-wise, right. your future-wise, you just are carrying a lot more weight and intentionality to what you do, what you say, how you use your time and your resources. Right. So that can feel isolating at times, but I think planting as a part of a larger organization hmm. not only helps in terms of being able to make more impact, yeah. but it also helps in just being connected relationally. And and honestly, the relationships for me have been the lifeblood I can see that. Of, of what has energized us, I think what has made um, us successful and what has really helped us do it in a healthy way starting with my church planner friends outside of community. Right. And then that being continued through community has really been huge for me. So your situation right now, you guys meet uh, Sunday evenings yep. and there's a little bit of a story there that I find really interesting and in that uh, I'd love for you just to share with our audience, like what is it like gathering at a pretty um, unorthodox time yeah. and what have been some of the opportunities, but maybe also some of the obstacles and what, what has all that been like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, initially we were planning to meet Sunday morning, just like, most churches right. start, you know, it's kind right. of the typical time. And uh, we were lined up to meet at a school in our community. And at basically the ninth hour, it fell through. Um, there's a whole other story there for yep. another time. <laughs> yeah. But it just ended up not working out. And mm. we had no place to meet. And uh, it was a scary place to be. But we were just praying and trusting that God was going to provide something for us. And you're us. the guy at the helm, too, right? You're like, okay, here's our plan. <laughs> and they're like, hey, never mind. You're like, well, yeah. haven't even planted yet. We can do it. <laughs> We could do it. You're leading the uh, charge. Well, maybe, maybe not exactly <laughs> that, but something similar. We'll Trust me, guys, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, no, it was a scary moment. And, I'm and sure. We didn't know what we were going to do, but truthfully, just really trusting, because God had just flung open every single door right in front of us as mm. we've taken a step. You know, it was like he just affirming and affirming and affirming and affirming. And so we had no reason to expect God to be any different with right. this challenge. Right. And so uh, actually just sort of befriended some of the church, the pastors in the community. And there was a church basically across the street from the school where we were going to meet. That's crazy. And wanted just to develop a relationship with the pastor there. Didn't want it to be a competitive thing. This is a kingdom thing. Mm. We want all the churches in our community of Downers Grove to flourish and yeah. to become all that God wants for them to be. And we want to help facilitate that and yeah. be a part of that. And we didn't want it to be like us against them or a weirdness between us. So just in a relationship with him in a conversation, told him what happened. And he immediately said, Hey, you, you got to use our church. And ever since then, we've been partnered with our friends at Gloria Day Lutheran church and uh, been meeting in, in their church 
and they've been great hosts to us, great friends to us. And I think it's really been a model of two churches who are very different in their style. I mean, right. we couldn't be more different in our expression, but our hearts are the same. Love that. And we really want to reach and share the love of Jesus with our community, and we can do it together. We don't have to fight. What a legend, though, that like it sounds like every time I've heard you tell the story, he didn't skip a beat. He's like, well, then you'll meet here. Yeah, yeah. Tim uh, Robertson, he's a great, great guy, great pastor. I just really love him. And That's remarkable. It's uh and it wasn't just Tim, you know, it's his whole community right. has to get behind that. That's a decision they made together. Uh, but obviously Tim as their leader, it's really been an amazing partnership and friendship. So he, here's what I'm curious about. So you planted a year and some change, is yep. that right? Yep, just over a year now. What would you say to Ted 18 months ago with what you know now based on the ups and downs, the things that have surprised you, things that caught you off guard? Like you went in, I mean, you were a part of community for almost a year before yeah. launching, right? So yep. plenty of time to... Like build a team and pour into them, yep. kind of get your ducks in a row, raise some funds. But you also, I think, you think strategically in general, yeah. just sort of naturally. I think that's definitely one of your, your giftedness. What would you say to Ted a year and a half ago with what you know now? Hmm. That is a really good question. And I think my answer to that would have nothing to do with strategy. <laughs> my answer to that would be much more tied into my pursuit of God That's good. as opposed to my pursuit of strategy or pursuit mm. of starting a church. I don't think I, I actually, I feel like that was one of the richest times of my walk with God. But as I've grown in my faith and continued to grow in my faith, I have just learned more about who God is through his continued faithfulness in some of the trials that yeah. are inherent in starting something new, right. starting a new community, leaving our previous community, which was wonderful starting over, selling our house, moving our kids out of their schools, into new schools, all new yes. friendships. There's a lot of fear, risk, apparent risk, and God just showing and proving his faithfulness in that mm-hmm. time and time again. And it has so deepened my faith and my walk with God. I, I, I don't know that words, like if I could speak that into me 18 months ago, mm. but I wish I could go back and tell some of the stories of the future faithfulness. Yeah. And just be like, that's what's in front of you. That's so good. So just, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be carrying the weight of that. You can just trust that God's good and, and he's going to look out for you. All right. That's a perfect segue. Cause what I want to talk to you next is about not only some of that pursuit, but some of the rhythms that I think you do a great job of establishing to kind of guard your, your family time, your rest time, your Sabbath time. You and I both know men and women who tried to plant and it just imploded or burnt them out. Yeah. Many of which tragically walked away entirely. Like how, yeah. how do you establish things to maintain kind of, not only keeping God out in front, but front and center in all that you do. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about coming up next with Ted Canaris, community pastor of our Downers Grove location. You can learn more at communitychristian.org slash Downers Grove or on Facebook at community Christian church, Downers Grove on Instagram community DGR. And we're going to keep kind of talking about this journey of church planning here in the Chicago suburbs. That's what's coming up next on the common good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Not Brian Fromm. I'm going to call you Not Brian Fromm from now on, is that okay? Thank you, yes. It's an important <laughs> distinction that I think we need to get right. People are like, what's his name? Like, it's Not Brian Fromm, that's, yeah. that's for sure. We know that. If you want to find us, you can find us at uh, Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show or 1160hope.com. But that other sweet, sultry voice you're hearing right now, friends, <laughs> is my friend, Ted Canaris, community pastor of our Downers Grove location, lover of things hunted. Is that, a, uh, is that a weird way to say that? It's incredibly <laughs> weird. Yes, it is. 
How would you say that? How would you have said <laughs> Lover it? Lover of nature. Better? I love nature. Yeah, nature. That's so much better. Yeah, Things love, hunted? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really sorry about yeah, that. I'm intimidated okay. again by your beard, and no. I think it's leading me down a dangerous path. <laughs> <laughs> Both mentally and emotionally. I got to really, I got to pull it together. All right. So if you're just joining us, here's the story. Um, Ted is not only just a good friend, but he's also, I just think, an incredible pastor and leader and launched our Downers Grove location uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, one of the things that I appreciate about you, Ted, not just your sense of humor and all that, but I think you have an incredible capacity to bring out the best in people, to raise up leaders and to create this sort of magnetism where like even when you were developing your launch team at the Yellow Box poking in and seeing how excited people were. Like, I want to be a part of what that guy's doing. Like there really was a, and I know that you'll give credit to God and the Holy spirit and all of that, but there, I really think you've been wired where whatever it is that you're passionate about people are like, yeah, I don't even need to know what that is. I want to be on his team, which, which has led to, I think um, some great impact in Donner's Grove, but also some great impact uh, for community Christian church as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I also know that sometimes the the underbelly of of being a great strategist and someone with a lot of capacity and a lot of adrenaline can be this like work life balance like how do you create rhythms where you're like okay i'm with my family now or i need to schedule a vacation it won't happen i'm really curious how do you approach balance in general and like what are maybe some ways that we can encourage others to to kind of pursue the same thing. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I have to remind myself and so does my team that intensity is not a spiritual gift right. <laughs> as, that's as much as I wish it were, Yeah, right. you know, intensity is not a spiritual <laughs> gift. And so that push, that drive can, can really burn out. Yep, right. And that's something I think I've been really aware of mm. um, in my own heart. Like my natural inclination is going to be to run that race hard totally. and to burn myself out. Um, but thankfully, I've just had such wise counsel throughout my entire ministry life, mm. just by the grace of God, people speaking into me very early on, actually, before I married my wife, Melissa, before I entered into full-time ministry, I was out in Baltimore, where my wife is from, and I was talking with a pastor out there that I really respected. Mm. Some of you may have heard of Pat Goodman, um, amazing guy, amazing leader, amazing pastor. Mm. And I j- asked him this very question, like, hey, how, how do you get balance in life and ministry and family? Because he had such a great family. I just admired that about him. Yeah. And uh, he, I'll never forget what he told me. He said, you know, Ted, one of the things I would tell you is just never aim for balance. Really? Yeah. He said balance is, is, is a myth. Hmm. Because when the fulcrum, you know, where balance works, right? The mm-hmm. fulcrum's in the middle and you're right. trying to balance the two sides. The fulcrum is always shifting in ministry. You have like busy seasons, high seasons, down seasons, and an emergency comes up and all of a sudden the fulcrum shifts. Hmm. So you can never have balance. It's not like a target you can hit and say, hey, I now have a balanced life. Right. I've achieved it. I've arrived. Exactly. It's just, hmm. it's a myth. But he said, what you can achieve is health. Oh, that's good. And so instead of thinking balance, like how do I have this many hours of this or this many hours of this or right. whatever it might look, however it might look for you, instead target health. How can mm. you be a healthy person? How can your ministry be healthy? How can your family be healthy? Mm. And whatever you need to be doing to pursue health is how you can avoid that kind of burnout or just being overly intense and overly driven right. about things. That's really, I had a mentor say something very similar, actually. I was asking about balance. He said, there is no balance, only rhythms. Yeah. Rhythms was the word that he used in it. And, like, and he was using kind of musical language. Like rhythms will kind of come and go based on the composition. And I would love to know for you, how do you differentiate between a season and a pattern? Yeah. Like I, I remember uh, early ministry, my little sister back in Detroit 
had called and I was like, can I, this week's really crazy. Can we talk next week? And she said, she was like eight. She goes, you say every week is a crazy week. <laughs> and I like, it kind of cut me to the core. I was like, yeah. I do, don't I? Like I make this excuse that, yeah, ah, it's just intense right now, but around the corner, yeah, then I'm going to start prioritizing the right thing. How do you keep from like falling into that trap and pursuing like health, even in the midst of yeah. chaos or intensity? That That is a great question. Thanks. And I don't think that there is a, something I can do Mm. to avoid that. I think your story is a perfect example of how to avoid that. And that's community, right? (laughs) People who know you well and people who are close enough to you Mm. where they can like see something's wrong. Right. Or they can say, Hey, this is a pattern. This isn't a season. Right. Like your eight year old sister was able to do that. Totally. And I think it's easy when you're a leader, you're dealing with so many people Mm. that any one of those interactions can look healthy to somebody else. Oh, right. Good point. You know, but when you're going deep with a few, which I think is a part of a healthy relational life, yes, those people are always going to be close enough to you to be able to say, hey, you know what? You've shared this a few times, and I think maybe you've got some work to do here. Yeah, right. I remember having a mentor say to me, you need to find people who love you who aren't cowards. <laughs> because if they only have one of yeah. those, like if they love you, that, but maybe they don't have the courage to tell you that you have spinach in your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Or the other side, people that'll always call you on your garbage. Yeah. But if you have no sense that they love you. Yeah. Or just an eight-year-old who has no filter, <laughs> which works great for you. Well, I imagine yeah. having kids has been part of like, <laughs> you ever had your kids say something to you and you're like, that is the most convicting thing I've heard all day, even though it's from the mouth of a kid. Yeah. No, I haven't had that from the kids quite yet, but I have had plenty of those moments. Really? Yeah. From friends and, you mm-hmm. know, other pastors. Um, I... I don't know if you you guys do talk about the Enneagram on here. It's something that's really kind of helped me understand Mm. how I operate. And I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I'm shocked. I know you must be. (laughs) And uh, one of the important things for an eight is to be intentional about vulnerability. Oh, interesting. And so I am always, I'm very committed to being vulnerable and to maybe putting more time in my schedule to Mm. be vulnerable than somebody who's not an eight. Right. Might not need as much as I need. Like even like actually schedule it. Like, okay, I need oh, yeah. 40 minutes this week or uh, not so much that, but it's more like making time for those relationships. Oh, got it. Where vulnerability is sort of where we start. And do you not feel like you're naturally vulnerable then? Um, I think I, I don't know about naturally, really, but I think I am now, I think I've become a vulnerable person really because of these rhythms and, and habits. Um, not, not always, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do think I'm a vulnerable person. And it's something that you can grow into and actually get better at, like a, like a skill. I think so. I think so. And it's a huge part for me about being a healthy person right. is making sure that I am vulnerable. That's really good. And so my wife, Melissa, is not an eight. Uh, she's amazing. She's the best. And uh, she has helped good man, me. Good man. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> She has helped me so much in mm. this area of vulnerability because she loves to go deep. Wow. And I love to like go hard and fast, right. with like a bunch of people. Mm. And she just loves, she's a relator. Yeah, and, my wife's the same way. And she sure. just won't, she can't have that. It just doesn't fill up her tank. Mm. I can't relate to her that way. And I don't want to relate to her that way. Right. Uh, but it's just sort of my natural inclination. But she has just helped shape that in me so much and helped me establish healthy relational patterns because- it's it's demanded in our relationship, not in like a negative sense, right? But you know, but she's calling it out though yeah. in this way that you're having you're interacting with it totally. on a regular even, basis. Even before we got married, she called that out. And, Did she? Oh yeah, 
And she really helped me from the beginning of our marriage build on a foundation of vulnerability and authenticity that has just, I mean, no offense to anybody else out there, but we have the best marriage. I mean, on planet. I take Earth. offense, huge offense <laughs> on planet Earth. I've never been so furious. Katie seems I, great, but you know, seems great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, uh, I challenge you to a spouse off. I don't know. Let's what that, do it. I don't Let's know what that would look like. <laughs> Come on. See, this is what I love about you, though. I asked a question about like strategy and leadership, and and we ended on vulnerability, and I think that that on it just shows a, a depth of wisdom and experience that you know. There are times to run really fast after these things and to to call your team to intensify like, hey, I need you to really be present and also to say, and we, we need to really grow in this area of vulnerability. Yeah. I think that I'm just really grateful for your friendship and your oh, wisdom in that regard. I think too, it's bud. I think it's huge. Uh, coming up next, though, you guys are taking part in an event this Sunday in Donner's Grove called Grove Fest. And uh, I'm really, really curious to learn more about that with Pastor Ted Canaris here on The <laughs> Common Good on A1160. Hope for your life. Welcome back to that searing introduction. <laughs> Holy cow. I really like the guitar solo. Do you? you? Yeah. Thanks, thanks for too. flashing the longhorns. I know people can't see it, but I want people to know Ted, Ted is happening. here for this. It's uh, welcome back to the Common Good Friends. My name is Ian Simpkins. Brian Fromm is in California, or so he says. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, in that seat right now is actually someone who knows Brian from. Yes. I don't think we talked about that at all because you guys are both no. in the Downers Grove area. Yeah. What do you want to know? I know all yeah, the Yeah. Give me the dirt on Brian from. Yeah. He's just a really good guy. Oh, that's boring. Yeah. Well, sorry. That's all I got for you. <laughs> you don't seem yeah. all that sorry. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry. Do you guys interact? Love actually? sweatshirts. Because the other day, he does that. love sweatshirts. So yeah. Bill check of him. Yeah. But we, totally. my wife and I actually went out to eat in Donner's Grove and we saw both him and you yeah. that night. And I was like, is this how Donner's Grove is? Everyone just hangs out downtown together all the time? It's a very communal society. Is it actually? Or are it you is. being facetious? No, actually it is. It's a very, See, very this is, this <laughs> it's <is>. tight knit. <laughs> Thank you for that. But no, it's a tight knit community. It really is. Well, that's okay. That's actually, weirdly, a pretty good segue because uh, this... Sunday is what's called Grove Fest. Yep. Brilliant name. You came up with it, I'm assuming. Uh, absolutely not. I want to give you all the credit for yeah, it. Grove yeah. Fest. If you like it, yes. Ted Canaris. <laughs> but you guys, last year was your first year doing it, right? Yep. They actually gave you space on one of the stages yep. to, to have like a church service at the festival, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Grove Fest is the biggest event in our community. It's it is? about 100,000 plus people. Holy Come cow, to Downers Grove. There's live music every night. There's a big beer garden. There's carnival for the kids. Jeez. It's it's a huge event. Our whole downtown is shut for four four days. Wow. And our our local business leaders put it on, and it's it's just been awesome. Um, but uh, last year, just through God's providence, hmm. just connected us with a guy in the community who helps lead the Rotary and uh, become a good friend, and just asked if we would ever be interested in being a part of GrowFest, and of course we would, and one thing led to another, and then we ended up doing church on the main stage <laughs> on Sunday that. morning That's during amazing. this big like communi- community beer music festival, and uh, we do church, and we're doing it again this year. It's going to be awesome. So what are the specifics then? Because I didn't really realize until I saw photos, like, oh, it's in the center of the festival. Yeah. So, like, are people, are they wandering up with beers? Like, oh, a church is going. I mean, I guess it's in the Probably. morning. It's Maybe. at, you know, 10 a.m. <laughs> so if they do, we're really glad you're there. Yeah, right. Okay? <laughs> this is a perfect place for them. Um, no, there's not. The beer garden's closed that okay. time of day. It really gets pretty rowdy in the evenings. Right. But in the mornings, you know, there's other things going on right after us. There's other shows happening on the main stage. And 
it's just a great way to do church and to be church right. in the community. Yeah. Sometimes as churches, you get so like locked up in your building. Right. And every Sunday you do this great celebration, celebrating God and how good he is and this community. Right. But people who aren't going to come into that space never get to experience it. And so we try to create these rhythms in our community hmm. where we just look for opportunities really to do church with the community in the community. And it's a risk, you know, it might yeah. rain on yeah. Sunday right. and we're out of luck, but it's really worth it to us. And, and we're just so excited. Last year we had just a great response. A that's ton of awesome. people come check it out and it's been really fun. So what, just a, as a reminder, that's at 10 a.m. Yeah. yeah. 10 a.m. Downtown Downers Grove. Uh, if you're in the area, come check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some special music planned, coffee and donuts for everybody for free. And That's it's awesome. just going to be a huge party. So come join the party. So you'd mentioned that this, this isn't just at Growfest. This is sort of like an ethos for the location as a whole is in, yeah. you guys have been talking since the onset, love where you live, right? Yep. What, what are some of the other ways that you've loved your neighborhood, loved your community? Well, what have you learned? Cause I feel like you guys are you're doing it really well, and it's something that you know Brian and I, because we're pastors, it's a question that we get a lot. Um, how do I love my community? How do I how do I love my neighbor? I, you know, a lot of times people feel skittish or they don't feel like they have all the right answers. And uh, I'd love for you to just tell a story or two of how you've done that well in the Donners Grove area. For sure, I think in in almost every community, you know, there's there's pride in that community and people right. who do love living there. And uh, that's a that's a wonderful thing, you know, mm. for people to be invested in their community. And I think it started with us recognizing that there was already tons of people who are deeply invested in our community. Right. And we just kind of came into this community as newcomers and just saying, hey, we see that. We love that. And we just want to put gas on that fire. Mm. And we want to teach everybody and welcome everybody into this kind of loving where you live lifestyle. Yes. And so for us, it started just very simply. We threw love where you live parties in our neighborhood. And so literally when we moved in, my wife and I just like walked up and down our entire street and just trying to get a hold of anybody knocking on doors. People wouldn't answer. We'd put an invitation in their box mm. and we just throw block parties. And we threw multiple. Like, yeah. We threw like three block parties last year. Wow. Our first summer there. And it was awesome. We had tons of people come out just connecting and people love to connect with their neighbors. Yeah. And it's just been a really great thing. So this year we're expanding that. Last year we did a bunch of parties all over the community, different people from our church just throwing parties. There's no like bait and switch. Right. It's really simple. It's like, hey, we want to help people make meaningful connections with love their that. neighbors. We want to serve and love this community. One of the ways we do that is just by providing context for relationship. Mm. You know, we're such an isolated and lonely culture. And here's just an opportunity for us to get to know each other past like the garage door opening and closing, you know, every week. Yeah, no kidding. So it's been awesome. So we do these Love Where You Live parties all summer. We got a bunch more planned this year. And uh, we're just really intentional about casting that vision of loving where you live. And um, we a new book just came out with that same title. Wish I had written it first, but Shana, <laughs> Shana Pilgreen wrote a great book. I highly recommend it called Love Where You Live. And then um, also another resource I'd love to recommend to people who are interested in just being a force for good in their neighborhood and loving their community and their neighbors. It's called Bless Every Home, blesseveryhome.com. And uh, basically you type in your address. And it will send you an email every single morning. Yeah. That's just a list of some of your neighbor's names and a prayer. You know, it's all public domain information. Right. Like you send out a mailer. It's the same info. And so basically I get a list of like six to ten of my neighbors every morning and a prayer that I pray for them and no pray kidding. over my neighbors every single day. And we have tons of people in our community doing the same thing. 
And it's just, it's been so exciting to see what's been happening just in our, even our little micro neighborhood within Downers Grove as a whole and right. in the area as a whole, we've seen so many people find their way back to God. Awesome. So many people, just their faith coming to life and looking for opportunities to share that blessing with others. That's so good, man. I'm wondering why you think it's so difficult for people to get there. Like, cause you are a pretty extroverted dude, right? Yeah. So like the rapid on doors for you, like I can do that. I imagine there are people listening. They're like, I'm never knocking on a stranger's door ever. Like, <laughs> Like what, what and there's you, some wisdom in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Let's right, be honest. Right. Let's no, be honest. No, but I'm wondering, like, what what are some of the hurdles you think to people? If you're right, and I think you are, that we long for this connection, and yet we do kind of continue to isolate and put up taller and taller fences and hang out inside our homes. Like, what are some of the hurdles, and how are some ways that people like like that website for people yeah. to engage or even like even dip a toe in the water to start to engage a little more fully with the people around them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the first thing I would say is just take one step. That's good. You know, you know, you you might not be an extra. You might not be wired to throw a big party at your house. Right. That's fine. Uh, not every some people that's very stressful, super overwhelming. But what's one person, mm. one neighbor, one opportunity that you have to connect with somebody in a meaningful way in your community, and then try to build something there, and then try to include more people in that. Mm. You know, I think oftentimes people operate like Legos, right? They have so many friends that they can have. Like right. some people are a big Lego. They can have like six people on there. Mm. Other people are like the single Lego. And they're like, <laughs> I'm just looking for my one. And then I'm like pulling the chute and checking out of building new relationships because right. I got my one. Right, right, right. The whole point of the Christian life is to be growing deeper with others, but then including new people in that depth and growing in our relational capacity. And I think loving where you live is just a low-hanging fruit way for us to do that. That's so good, man. That has been my good buddy, Pastor Ted Canaris, Downers Grove. You can find out more at communitychristian.org. Instagram is communitydgr. Facebook, Community Christian Church, Downers Grove at Grove Fest this Sunday, 10 a.m. Check it out. This has been The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Thanks, brother. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com